0: Okay, so today's episode of Just a Couple Dudes podcast, I think we should just call this Questions with Frank and Eric.
1: I like that. Yeah. Questions with Frank and Eric. Because
0: we're, we're going over some good questions.
1: Good questions. And I
0: don't have answers to all the questions and I don't claim to, but I thought of some for a couple of the ones we're going to ask, but these are good questions for, it's like a good thought experiment. These are questions that really make you think and then make you reflect and that's what i like about them i like
1: questions to stimulate conversations especially like you don't think you have things to talk about but you do especially the people you see all the time but if you throw in a question you're like wow i didn't know that about that person
0: we're so complex and diverse people yeah you've always been really good at that too when we meet people and we're talking frank will always be like oh where do you work i'm like you know i work at banner something like that And normally that's where it ends for people or they'll be like, Oh, how long have you been there? But Frank's always like, do you like what you do there? Mm -hmm. Do you like working for the boss you work for? What made you do there? How did you, why did you choose it? You know, like those really deepy, like deep, deepy. Those deepy questions. Those deep questions. I think people respond well. I
1: think at first they come back a little defensive because they're not used to it. Well, they're not used to it, yeah. But then they open up to it and they're like, oh, wow, this person's interested in me because that's what I'm doing. I'm actually interested in you and I want to get to know the person. So especially when I'm, I don't know, I guess we went on a double date and it was with my buddy and uh, I I was was more nervous than anyone because we haven't been on a double date like that really before. So I wanted to make sure that the girl he brought was like, the attention was more on her. Mm. So it was maybe a little bit of an interview, but.
0: The interviews are good.
1: Yeah. I like them. It went well. Things are going great. Yeah. They're still together. Still together. <laughs> Odds are they're going to win. They look more like the New England Patriots.
0: Yeah. Kyle's very Belichick-y. Oh, definitely. He's Bill Belichick. He's definitely Tom Brady. Yeah, he is.
1: Like, will he ever retire? I don't Never. know. It's
0: in his blood. He'll die. Yeah. So what's the first question, So the first question, yeah, we'll go with this one. So what was a random compliment that someone gave you that really stuck in your memory?
1: Okay, so I'll go first. Mm-hmm. When I was like 14, I was a freshman in high school, a girl, and it's just completely platonic, but she told me I had uh, beautiful eyes, which I've never mm. been told before. And she said my eyes were brown with a golden circle or a golden haze. And I lit up with that because I grew up my whole life thinking only blue eyes were pretty. And when yeah. you are brown eyes, you're full of shit. That's all I've yep. been told. Everyone has brown eyes. Everyone hates them. Every, everyone that's different like likes those eyes, right? Any mm-hmm. color. But it just really dawned on me that I guess beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It totally is. Mm-hmm. I'm such a firm believer in that. And that was the
0: first thing I thought
1: of. And I still think of it about that like 16 years later and I'm 30.
0: God, isn't that cool? Yeah, like the things we remember.
1: But I can't remember like an exam or something. I know. Yeah, something I, I wish I remembered. Something like some of the information in
0: regards to your taxes. You're like, oh shit, I don't remember. That's why I have a CPA. Yeah, yeah. So for me, what was a random compliment? I guess it's so it wasn't so much as random, but just as a compliment. I don't know. But I was working with the Salvation Army in Hawaii uh, years ago over the summer, and it was just. I was this camp counselor. It was like this crazy job, such a weird job to have too, working at like a like a church camp, you know. But the guy who was in charge of all the male counselors, whatever, we're we're having all our little like weekly reviews, and. It's just a shit show because there's kids everywhere. There's craziness everywhere. They're just like pissing their pants at night. They're just climbing all over everything. It's just mayhem, but it's kind of fun too. But, you know, so everyone's like, you need to do this better, that better, whatever. But, um, and everyone's got a complaint list a mile long about stuff going on. And uh, the guy who's like my supervisor just told me, he's like, you know what, Eric, I really like about you is you don't complain. And I was like, oh. And I didn't really realize that I hadn't, I guess I hadn't complained to him about anything. Um, but it stuck with me because I was like, oh, I think that's something I want to really make apparent in my life um, It's just not complaining, at least to those people, to your supervisor, to the people you work with. So I try to keep things to myself and then vent in the car ride home or vent to you, vent on the podcast. Yeah. But I've wanted to make that ever since that moment. Um, I really wanted to make it a reoccurring theme in my life or in professionally, at least in jobs I've had is like, don't complain. Because who, who wants to be around a complainer? Well, it's v- it's very like, um,
1: people stick together when you complain, right? There's like the negative water cooler talk. Yeah. And once you have that circle, it just becomes this negative like virus that just spreads and infects everyone. It's like a cancer in the workforce. And I've noticed I've been in that in certain jobs and it's hard. You have to like force yourself out of it and try to change your perspective and be grateful for the job. But it is fun to kind of vent about work too. Yeah. You know, have you ever been out after work and then you talk to coworkers, that's all you talk about. And you're like, man, I just, I just really want to talk about the movie. Like I just spent 12 hours there. Yeah. Like I know what it's like. You know what it's like. My partner, you know, whatever, the other friends that aren't working there don't want to hear about it. It's not that cool.
0: I know that's the worst is when you're with people and they're with their coworkers or you're with like your roommate and you're with their coworkers and all they can talk about is work and you're just kind of yeah, twiddling like, your thumbs. That's the last thing I want to talk about. Let's talk about the the Cowboys, okay? Yeah.
1: If we're all engineers, I'd rather hear from the one doctor there. If we're all doctors, there, I'd rather hear from the one engineer or or the pool guy. Yeah. Like I want to hear about what man, what's what's it like running a business? Like, what's your market strategy? How do you do this? How do you handle the stress? How do you handle life? Do you have to fight off lonely housewives? Yes. How often? How often? How often do you have to... Do you have
0: to wear the Speedo? Yeah. How many
1: skin checks do you get from the
0: dermatologist? (laughs) (laughs) These are questions Uh, that should be answered. These are good questions. And so it leads us to a lighter question. And I like this question because I've heard... I've heard a whole slew of things surrounding this question. So the question is, do you think that every time a man should pay for dinner or date, or should they split the money when needed?
1: Well, first, let's set the precedent.
0: So we're obviously thinking a man and a woman. Man and a woman on yeah. a date. Should the man pay all the time for dinner, for a movie, for both? I don't know. So I've gone both
1: ways. I think we're in a tough time being a man where chivalry is not as common Probably No, it's not. But it's still valued. Yes. And I think it's still important. Uh, I think there's this really fine line between respect, chivalry, and and just like, I don't know, just a mutual understanding. I think on the first date, my approach was I paid. You know, she offered, that was fine, but I would just pay. Uh, I'm not going to debate over it.
0: Um, I do think it's an interesting experiment even to think about like so when you when you go to dinner with a with a woman you know because i can only speak from our perspective right so we go on a date the check comes does she even attempt to pay or does she even look at it or does she make any even want to pay the tip i've always noticed that so even when i fully had the intention of paying was like i'm going to pick this up because i want to treat you to a nice dinner that's a nice gesture but i do notice if they make any attempt And so my girlfriend, even from the first time we went out, um, our first date was was so sweet. We went to church and had coffee. So, I mean, but even with the coffee, she offered to pay. Oh, that's cute. And then when we did get dinner, I think the second date we went and got dinner, she offered to pay. Like at least even like split to split it. And again, I paid just because, you know, I wanted to i was trying to be chivalrous and nice but i love the gesture it's the sweetest thing in the world Mm. and i've been out with girls in my in the past where check came they didn't even bat an eye like they didn't even look at the at the check and i was like wow really okay all right i see how Mm. this is yeah and i've been on those same kinds of dates where that happened and i wanted to get go to you know I look up the menu before we go out and I'm like, well, you know, what kind of dishes are we talking? Is it $13 a plate or are we talking like $20 a plate and made suggestions. This one example, I made suggestions for restaurants. She shot down all of them, this unnamed woman, and she picked this bougie ass place. Yeah. This is expensive. And then we got there. She didn't even bat an eye to pay for it and she got an expensive cocktail and I'm sitting here like... What do I I know I'm the DOS, but yeah, what I mean, do you I look the DOS? Like? I yeah. wasn't even the DOS at that point in my life, so I was really broke, but yeah. <laughs> But I was just like, come on, like yeah. I, I love the gesture though. It's so sweet when a girl wants to pick up. It's it's a tough spot. It uh is. you know, especially
1: with women. You know, sometimes you'll be on a date and uh when I want to date the girl I was dating or the girl I am dating when we first went out, she made more than me. But I paid. Or I think we split. I can't remember. Actually, I just remember the rest of the night, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How was the rest of the night? Uh, it was good. <laughs> okay. A lot of close contact. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Really get to know each other. But, uh... Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I just think even as a guy, I, I took that as like, no, it should be split, you know, equal rights, women, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, I'm just being a butthead probably. Like, should I always pay this way? Hopefully, eventually, this is a girl. You know, my intentions were always to find this one person I spent the rest of my life with. So, hopefully, we become a team and there's no issues anymore. It's just, it's you know, instead of I and me, it's we and us. Mm-hmm. So, at the beginning, it's a worthy investment, you know, to show that, hey, I'm invested here. I'm giving my time, my money, my interest to, to you. And I think that does go, go and show a long way. A little appreciation, though, does matter. True. It's important. You know, even a thank you, like a genuine thank you is nice.
0: Yeah, I, I appreciate it. I don't expect it, but I like it. You know, mm-hmm. it's nice. It's just a nice gesture. Because uh, I would do, I mean, if she, if we go out and she wanted to pay, um, okay, actually a good, good example is I visited her at work. She was at work over the weekend and I went in to have lunch just because I didn't think we were going to be able to hang out and I wanted to see her still. And she bought my lunch. I had every intention to pay for it, and she bought it for me. But I still was like, "Oh, thank you! Like I really appreciate it." God, you guys are both so cute. God, it's so. Can you make babies now? I know. I wish. I wish. Yeah, baby factory is closed soon enough. One day. Soon we'll enough. We'll get there. Little Flad. Yeah, Fladdies. Well, the ketchup fights and the oh, white picket so fence. So excited! So excited! The I can't wait to.
1: Fights. Uncle Frank just comes around. He's always
0: hanging around. <laughs> I know. <laughs> What's <laughs> Uncle Frank doing over there?
1: Is it Uncle Frank?
0: That's Uncle Frank. For all you ladies out there, if you listen to this, I would like to hear your thoughts. Yeah,
1: female perspective. Do you perspective. expect to
0: be paid for? Because mm-hmm. I don't even think that's a bad thing. I think if I was a woman, you know, I went out with a guy, I would probably expect the guy to pay. But I would be thankful. you know, And I might still want to at least pick up a tip. But mm-hmm. I guess it's hard for me to think if I was a woman because I just can't access that kind of brain. Yeah, I mean, we, we, too many we're only from our, yeah.
1: or not enough. Too many curls. Yeah, exactly. I'm just curling too curls much. for the girls, guys for, the, for the, girls. the guys. Okay. Ooh, the next one's pretty good. So the next question is, who do you want to be more like?
0: Mm. I guess that one's really open-ended. It's open-ended. It is, but who do I want to be more like? Do you have an answer ready?
1: Uh, I mean, I have a couple different thoughts on it.
0: Okay, go you for know, it. Explain them.
1: Like, I think I thought of the Matthew McConaughey video where he brought up you know my idol is me in 10 years Mm -hmm. so one perspective for me is looking at myself and how i just want to be a better version of myself and that's who i want to be more like right i like that perspective uh another perspective is you know you do pick good role models though right yeah um i think of the calm person the stoic person the person that's always there you know someone you can trust um you know that's a good friend just i don't know just just the hero i guess is who i want to be more like you know joe rogan says be the hero in your story yeah i love that and i always love that saying yeah be the hero in your own story i would agree you're writing the script you're living the scenes and at the end of the day you're going to reflect on that movie you created which is your life because you're the only one that can see scene by scene you you're the it's only true. one that knows your own personal struggles. You're the only one that knows, you know, what gifts you were given, what what obstacles were
0: there. You know, I think it's kind of a, I just like that introspective. Well, yeah, look. you're the only one behind your eyes. Mm-hmm. I like it. I guess my take Well, I I like all that. I would just steal that answer, copy paste it. But I guess since we just interviewed Mr. MD MBA Gary Roses, yeah, roses. I would like to be. I'd like to be more like him. God, that's really he's nice. Go getter, man. Yeah, he's a cool guy. He man. was really cool. I like. I guess I love when I meet someone new, cause that was the first time I met him and got to talk to him. And you just see someone who says, like, yeah, I had the job I wanted. I became a physician. I got a good job. I worked where I wanted to work, buying a good house, starting a family, but. Oh, I thought I was supposed to just be happy after all that, and he wasn't. But now he's kind of simplified in life, gotten healthier, balanced, and that's cool. That's he's a happy inspiring. guy and fun guy to be happy. around. You can just see the energy mm-hmm. in him when he's talking, and you can see he's not done. Like mm-hmm. he's done a lot and he's not even getting started. No. Nope. I want to be more like that.
1: I like that. That's real good. Mm-hmm. Tony Robbins talks about the ultimate failure is when you achieve success and you're still unhappy. Yeah. So that is the ultimate failure. Think about that. He brings up like a um who does he bring up like actors and stuff like that. Like uh who was the one that committed committed suicide? Oh god damn um
0: Oh, the Chester Bennington? No. Or the one before him. I guess all of them. Actually, I guess he O D. No, who's Aladdin.
1: Aladdin? He was Aladdin originally. He was Latin. Aladdin. 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 Not Aladdin. The, he was, he <laughs> he was, was the Aladdin, Aladdin. He was the genie. No, no. He was kidding. the genie. Oh, Robin Williams. Robin Williams. So yeah. a beloved person. I've never met him, but did everything. Did everything you yeah. could. And the poor guy still ended up taking his own life. Yeah, that's which tragic. Again, I'm, not. I'm not in his head. I'm not in his heart. But, I mean, that's what Tony, Tony Robbins was talking about. I listen to some of his videos sometimes, and he's talking about,
0: you know,
1: it, it is sad. When you think about it, you're like, wow, how can... How can that person still struggle? Yeah, that person has everything you think you want and you think you need to be happy, but they're still not. So that's that's definitely humbling for sure. It's like, wow.
0: Yeah, and it's another reason why some of the most happy people in the world are people who focus on the intrinsic values, relationships, memories, things like that versus stuff. Or mm-hmm. a ladder. Just this corporate ladder you climb. Or this celebrity ladder you climb. And you have this pile of accomplishments. And I mean, going back to what you know, Gary was saying about... He's like, I got these expensive pieces of paper on the wall. And they look really cool. And they sound really cool. But do they really make you happy? Or will they make you happy? I think, personally to me, I think those things are a cherry on top. But the entire base mm-hmm. and the body of your life and your happiness is intrinsic values. And I think you find those mainly in the work you decide to do in your life. And I don't just mean like what you get paid to do, but the stuff you do on a daily basis and relationships. Mm -hmm. Cause I think meaningful relationships are just so powerful. They just make you happy versus a Corvette.
1: But a Corvette's pretty nice
0: it. they're cool they're cool right but if you, yeah it's like happy wife or you know z06 what makes you more happy yeah.
1: the z06 for like a week a week good week yeah even if you got like some super yacht it'd be like a week yeah and then you'd be like oh there's that really nice couch over there <laughs> <laughs> i know so All right. next one what next simple question. change could you make in your life that would make the biggest positive impact Hmm.
0: What comes to mind through you, Eric? Simple change could you make in your life that would have the biggest positive impact for me? I guess one of the simplest changes I can make is... Oh man, that's hard. Simple... I want to say simplify. <laughs> yeah. Slow down and eva- like reevaluate some stuff in my life that I have going on. So, what simple change could I make? Maybe, I guess, I don't know if this is a change. I don't really write stuff down. I'm kind of just like flying by the seat of my pants, I feel like half the time. And I notice my roommates, they make lists, they write stuff down. Uh, I used to do a little bit of like journaling, uh-huh. and I think that's really reflective and helpful. And I think that's a simple change I can make in my life to do something, you know, to write stuff down, to, to kind of, like, write down the body of stuff I'm doing and try and focus on a couple things. Because mm-hmm. when you don't write those things down, sometimes I don't get around to them, but then I, I take on and take on and take on, and I never get to evaluate what I'm actually wanting to be most focused on. I think when you force yourself to sit and write, You slow down your thought processes and you can focus in on a few things. And I think that'd be really helpful. I think it'd be even helpful for this podcast because I'm always thinking of these ideas to do stuff with it, whether it's marketing, whether it's episodes, stuff I want to talk about. I never write it down. I forget about some of it. Mm -hmm. I take on too much. Mm -hmm. I get stressed out. So just maybe that changed writing more. I I like to write anyways. So I think that'd be good. Maybe that's a simple change I can make.
1: I could benefit from that. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. Yeah. I struggle the same thing. I don't even like writing goals down because I feel shackled. Yeah. Coming from a driven person, that's it's weird. It's weird, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like, oh, how am I going to do all seven seven areas of my life and hit all these mm-hmm. goals at once, you know? And I'm just like, oh, and I have like three lines in each category. And I'm just like, uh, and I wrote down this year, but I don't know. Um. So simple thing, I think, man, it just comes down to mental, right? You can say physical, Um, you know, simple would be, uh, let's say physical, I'll separate the two, mental, physical, physical, you can go for a walk, it's 10 minutes outside, it does not count at work, it has to be purposeful, and outside of work, that's my take, or at least during lunch or something, like, it can't be you're a UPS driver, that does not count, you have to do it after work, like go walk with your dog or, or whatever, Um, Or like a sauna for 20 minutes. That's not even working out. Just move for physical. For the mental part, I think a lot of it is just training your brain. So I forget that. You know, I'm really good at training muscles. Right? It's Mm -hmm. easy. Push the body. Push the pain. feels good. It's very rewarding. But you forget like your mind is all perspective. And it is all control. It's all in your control, right? Mm -hmm. You control how you adapt to situations. You control to the stressors. You know, you could see something horrific but it not affect you why is that you know right true like the mind is an amazing thing it's wild it's like the most crippling thing and the most
0: powerful thing in the world yeah it's it's, it's crazy i even ask people about people ask me about supplements or different things like that and they'll be like oh yeah I, I started taking this and i don't know if it's the placebo effect or if it actually works i'm like but does it matter if you feel good you feel who good cares? Yeah. So, but that's your mind. Even if it is a placebo, it it literally made you feel better.
1: Placebo has a 30% effective rate. Yeah. Something like that. It's great. great. It's awesome. Yeah, I love that perspective. Like, I'm in medicine. I throw meds at people. And did, did it work for you? <laughs> <Right>? Yeah. <laughs> What's worked in the past? Yeah. Okay, let's stick to that. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Right? Yeah. Medicine would be really boring if it was just, this is this, this is that. There's some of that, but a lot of it's... Man, it's the, the art form yep. of medicine, the art form of people, right? Mm. People, there's, you know, you can have an illness, but there's so many factors to it. Yeah. Right? Like heart disease, there's it's not just one thing. There's so many factors. Is cholesterol the main thing? No. It's a portion Yeah, of it. That's now, it. We used to think it was the thing. We did. Were we wrong? Yes, we were wrong. So, yeah, it's interesting, man. Like, it's frustrating being a, practitioner be in the health world though because man there's just this ever-expanding stuff there's a lot we just don't know right and you're expected to know so that's what's hard right and you have to kind of like do you either bs your way through it or be like you know honestly we don't really know
0: well it's like yeah it's like someone saying i don't feel well there's something wrong with me Mm -hmm. to take on that level that mountain of what could it be is just incredible and the fact that there's physicians, there's providers, there's people out there that that's your job. I mean, for you, that's your job. Someone comes to you and they have an ailment and you're like, man, there's a million things that it could be. Yep. How do you sleep? How do you eat? Do you exercise? Or do you lack an exercise? What, you know, like there's a hundred uh, million things there's, there's it a lot, could be and you're man. supposed to be like in five minutes, hear it and prescribe. Boom, boom, boom. So the other wow. day I worked
1: and with another provider and we saw 90 people oh and man. I worked 10 hours. He worked 12. Can you imagine seeing 90? Just think about no. the 90 people. Gosh. So I don't care how good you are, how fast you are. Uh, I mean, how are you really getting to know people? You just, you <laughs> yeah. just can't. You can't. You know, it's, you, just you do your man. best. It's a six season. It's a six God. season. So the hospitals are strained. Everyone's strained. Uh, business is good right i assume but yeah. people are wanting answers right and you do your best to a not upset someone b not hurt someone medical errors are a huge issue in medicine and you know it's just a blur man i can't remember people
0: from the morning and that's the hard thing is on your end you're seeing 90 people yeah. on their end they're seeing you like yeah. you're the so one they're, they so they're this. going they're sick and they're like hey what's wrong with me can you help me and I want your undivided attention because I pay for this or it's insurance or whatever. And, and they really need your help. And for you, you're like, damn, you're number 75 on the list. I just need to, I got to power through this. It's sad that that's what healthcare has become too, you know. It's a nature of the beast. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I've
1: repeated this a lot. You know, I had a patient the other day that was just very receptive to how much I cared. That's awesome. So they, you know, they were they got a lot going on. Mm. so they're sick and i just was like hey you know if you had these symptoms you need to take it very seriously you're going to an er and you're calling 911 like i'm just letting you know you're very at risk for a heart attack or stroke and uh i still treated them took the time with them i give them resources i try to give them resources I, i like hey i'm not happy with i'm not happy with the va i see a lot of patients all the time mostly male i see and they're just not getting good primary care and I'm just like, hey, look, this is a new resource. Please go get worked up, because mm-hmm. you know you could be dying 10 to 15 years younger than you should. So, gosh, I know. I look at that, and I'm like, well, you know, after seeing 43 patients myself the other day, I didn't clinically diagnose everyone perfectly. Um, I didn't. I don't know the most science. You know, I I'm not a doctor, but I can tell you, I tried my best. Yeah, and I did care about him. You know, so and I think that goes a long way. And actually now, that kind of segues into a health segment. Health segment with Frank. Oh, oh man. So, a couple things. So, I think education is really important when it comes to health. And there's a bunch of misnomers out there. But just some simple stuff is really important. It's like injuries, right? A lot of people get injured. It's just going to happen right? Yep. And there's a method called the RICE method, which is rest, ice, compression, elevation that's been used for, I don't know, decades. And it still works to this day. Like people don't use ice. You know, when you have an yeah, injury,
0: I don't. A, don't, a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't.
1: So with, and rest, right? You roll an ankle, very common. You evert, you have a eversion, the ankle it rolls outside. Very common. There's a ligament on top that stretches or kind of fillets right a sprain and sometimes a sprain is worse than a fracture right because you get these like little rubber bands that don't heal well they don't have a lot of blood flow so the first three days when you have an injury is going to be inflammation so an ibuprofen really important works really well right you can use it up to two weeks after that it's not good for you right but in those three days really important helps with pain helps with the inflammatory process and it's those three days you're trying to get through you're going to be so much better from day one then and day four if you just rest ice 15 minutes four times a day compression and ace wrap man like i am a huge fan of ace wraps take the pressure off the joint wrap it tight don't cut off circulation and you're going to see huge improvements and elevate and that that's a lot of stuff i see Mm -hmm. right a lot of people think it's fractured most of the time it's not and you know it's soft tissue or ligament tendon type stuff and that goes a long way, and you'll see. Like I dropped a CrossFit box on my toe the other day, Ooh. and it looked brutal. I thought the nail was coming off, dude. I thought I broke it. Oh. And just, I, had, I actually took a drill bit. I saw it on YouTube, and I I took a lighter to, like, sterilize it. I don't know. I yeah, <laughs> <That> was gonna. <kinda>, it's <laughs> a little hickish, yeah. but just to drill so I can get the the blood out because a lot of it was pressure yeah, from the nail. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, that was a little that's YouTube. That's so crazy. Another like thing it, that's though. that's really important is viral versus bacterial. So 40 years ago, we gave antibiotics for everything because when they were first invented, they were amazing. Penicillin saved so many people, right? Bactrim, all these antibiotics. Now we've given so many antibiotics for so many years. The bugs in our bodies have adapted to be resistant to the antibiotics. So now you have things like MRSA that's in the community. And when you have MRSA, you have to be in special antibiotics. And we're still worried about super pathogens out there and super bacteria out there that are gonna wipe out people because we wow. don't have antibiotics that can
0: that change. Strong take it. enough to like kill them. Yeah.
1: So mm. we're trying to avoid antibiotics, but people have the expectation that they want it. So let's go over yeah. a virus. Most things are viral. So a virus can last 10 to 14 days, maybe longer. A bronchitis can last three to six weeks. So if you have a cough, just because you have a cough doesn't always mean it's pneumonia. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, high fevers. What's a fever? A fever is 100.3 and above. 99 is not a fever. How you feel is not a fever. You know, there's, it's just things like that. You know, kids, mm-hmm. kids get fevers, right? 101, not a big deal. It's okay. Like, you don't always have to treat the fever. You can just treat the symptoms. Is the kid playing in the playground having a fun time but has a fever? That's probably okay. But are they, you know, uncomfortable in pain and distress? Yeah, give some Tylenol, right? Yep. So it's just like little stuff like that, man, that, you know, people will say, oh, I got this phlegm. I'd be like, well, phlegm doesn't really tell us a lot. So phlegm doesn't really matter how many days has it been. It's been two days, okay? Most viruses uh, are worse between days three and five, and then they start to get better around day six, okay? Um, Bacteria, though, or like can we see it as an ear infection, throat infection, like a strep that should be treated, stuff like that, a pneumonia you can see on an x-ray or severity of symptoms. I'm just saying like a lot of it your body's just going to heal. That's what people need to just take into consideration we have an amazing body and you know, we used to raise people
0: in the wild plains. True. And live. So I mean, how effective is just fluids and sleep? A lot. I feel like that's the number one thing everyone talks about. Like make sure you're drinking fluids, get a lot of sleep, and that's gonna be the best thing for you.
1: Yeah. And then I think everyone has a good input, right? You don't have to have some title after your name to know something about health.
0: Right? Moms know so much. They know a lot. Yeah. They raised five kids. Like yeah.
1: I, I have grandbaby in there. I'll have mom and grandma, and I will have grandma talk. Like grandma, what's going on? Yeah. You know, I want to hear. <laughs> yep. You know, what's your input? Oh, I think it's a hero. Okay. You know, let's talk about. I want to involve you in the care. Like your input is valid, right? Just because I have t- uh, initials does not mean I know everything, and should be expected to know everything. Right? True. So I, I think that's important too.
0: God, such good care from such a good guy. I try. He's just a dude. Just a dude. Just One of a couple. Just a couple dudes. Just a couple dudes. And they're
1: providing services. And you know, doctors and stuff, there's a lot of really caring people in the health field, man.
0: Yeah, I've had some really, I usually, I mean, I'm bad. I don't really go to a primary person. I usually just want to go into an urgent care when I'm like real, real sick. And I've been very fortunate to have some really awesome people at uh, urgent cares. That had took the time, really talked to me, gave me a lot of information, super helpful, and I just really enjoyed my experience.
1: Yeah, it's good, right? Yeah, and it's. Always,
0: you... I love it, and I've had I've only had a couple where I walked away like God, that guy was in a rush, and I feel like I didn't get that much help. Uh-huh. Um, but more often than not, it's been really good experiences, positive experiences I've had. See, so I think that's good. Yeah, it's important. It is.
1: I think no matter what job you do, if you take some pride in it and, you know, try your best, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you could be the custodian that worked there 40 years and saved up $3 million, died and gave it to the charity. You know, there's stories like that, right? I know, right. And he was probably super happy being the custodian and taking pride in his work.
0: Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm the dean of students of an alternative high school in downtown Phoenix, so... Alternative, right? What does that even mean? alternative means, well, it means that, like the 70% or higher of our student population come from a you know, lower socioeconomic, you know, background. So, and also a lot of most of them don't make it in the traditional school model. They drop out for absences, grades, whatever, you know, behavior and they wind up coming to our school. It's kind of like last chance you and I make a lot of parent phone calls. And a lot of times I I think Other administrators at other schools don't really give a lot of context or don't really take the extra mile to be kind, courteous, talk without any kind of attitude, you know, try to just be very courteous of their time. Because I'm calling – because I always try to think, I'm like, well, I'm calling this parent. They're either at work or they're doing something. They're probably – you know, they don't want to get a phone call from the school saying that their kid's suspended. It's already bad enough. So I try to give that extra level of courtesy and context – Give them as much detail about the situation as I can, even though I technically don't have to in some instances. Try to just be as respectful as I can, even when they're not being respectful to me at all. I still try to just take it on the chin and just provide them with a level of, I guess you call it service, because uh, it's just, I don't know, it's who I am. It's who we are. You know, it's how I was raised. That's uh, very
1: impactful Yeah. on that moment. Think about that, right? You got a kid that's obviously going through stuff probably at home. Yeah. You're not just getting suspended for no reason. Right? So mm-hmm. there's deeper complex issues. Mom, dad, maybe just mom, works one job, two jobs, raises yeah. multiple children, a lot of stress going on. And then they and get then some phone call. You get a bad phone call from an angry principal that's like, you need to discipline your kid. Do you know, understand the whole picture? Maybe mm-hmm. she is trying. Maybe she has tried disciplining. Maybe you know, there's a lot more complexity to it. But coming with a little compassion into it, I think makes a huge difference yeah just because you have a title of suspension i got in school suspension
0: exactly and you
1: feel like you're i don't know like you're a murderer (laughs) (laughs) solitary confinement uh hey you ditch school you're a pos you know what happens you ditch work you get fired you get fired yeah so you know no one like no one like talks down to you it's like hey man um here's your box of stuff (laughs) here's your pink slip yeah so what are we telling kids in school with you know ditching right Hey, you ditched. You ditched the longest way. You have to repeat the next year. That's probably good. Or summer school. That's probably a good lesson. Yeah. I don't know what in-school suspension does, though.
0: It's, I don't understand it. We don't do it. I, I don't. I don't think it's, it's good. It's five, either five, you five, get five. sent home or we'll try to f- keep you at, at school. Yeah. And my goal is always the same thing. It's always like, I want to keep you here. I don't want to send you home. No. Because you don't really, you're not going to do anything if you go home. And you're not really learning much. No. Um, so I try my hardest to keep, keep our kids in school because... They don't need to be out just at home doing nothing. You know, it's not, I don't think it's successful and I, and I don't, sometimes it's necessary. Like I have no choice, you know, like your hands are tied, but yeah, I try to just take that, that extra level, especially when they give attitude and I just try to think like, they're really not mad at me. Sometimes they are, right? Mm-hmm. A, a lot of times they can be, but I also think they're probably upset about, for a million reasons they could be upset. They're giving me the attitude, but you know what? Sometimes, and I actually found most of the time, when I kind of kill them with kindness, it's really hard for them to be continuously mad. And sometimes they'll even apologize to me, like, "Hey, I'm sorry I took it out on you, but you know, thanks for calling and let me know." And God, what, that's so good. Yeah, that's
1: so, that's so strong. Emotionally mature. Mm-hmm. Emotional maturity. That's really like, I don't think you can ever have enough, right? It's something I I, I used to look for attitude. Yeah, you know, and I work yeah. in healthcare where mm. people are upset yeah. walking in the door. Like they're not happy to be there. They're not. You know, a lot of times they can be rude. They can be mean. I Had a patient the other day argue with me about her blood pressure, and I was really happy with the number. And she she got mad at me because I was saying it was a good number. And she's like, "Well, what are you saying? My cold fixed my blood pressure?" I go, "What? What are you talking? Like, I'm just confused. What she's yeah. getting angry at me about? I'm like, right. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just happy." Okay, and she's like, "Let's just move on." And I go. She's really rude to me. I go, "Okay, you know, I just, yeah, <laughs> just let it roll off the shoulder. Yeah, like, yeah I just, just
0: keep, keep going with it." What are you gonna do? Give him attitude back, or yeah. you know, it doesn't, it doesn't do much. Like, I had this grandma come in uh, one morning, seven a.m., right when I opened the school, and she's just steaming coming out of her ears, right, because of you know, she hears stuff from her, you know, her granddaughter who she's who she's guardian over mom's not in the picture, dad's not in the picture, and she's hearing all this stuff like, you know, someone's bullying me, the teacher's not letting me go to the bathroom, I didn't get a schedule change, I wanted one, I can't be in this class, all this stuff, right? And, you know, this student, she didn't communicate things through the proper channels, so things weren't taken care of, she tells her grandma, her grandma comes in, she's laying into me, just ripping into me, and I could have just gotten upset, and I could have argued every point of contention, and and I had an answer for everything she wanted to lay out, but I thought, She's not looking for answers. She's just really obsessed she needs this event. So for ten minutes, she just laid into me, uh, and then she started getting more into the background of like, "This is my I, she's she's my granddaughter, but she's my daughter. You know, I've I adopted her. She's my I have I'm the guardian. You know, she's my baby. Blah blah blah." And so at the end of this, I think she's maybe expecting attitude for me. I was just like, "Hey, I commend you for for doing what you're doing, and I commend you for your concern over you know." I'm not going to use your name, but, you know, for your student, and, you know, I'll, I'll take care of it, I'll, I'll, this is what I'll do, and I, I told her exactly what I was going to do to help out her student, and she was just blindsided by that, kind of, because I could just see her face kind of go from, I'm on a tear to, oh, like, I wasn't expecting that, like, I came in here to raise hell, and I did, but I didn't get a visceral response back, I got, you know, I just fed her a bunch of honey. And yep. it turned out well and she was actually like, she wound up thanking me before she left and we had a positive ending and I haven't had a complaint since from her. That's awesome. And it's just one example of, you know, how many other people would have handled it differently or could have, I could have handled it differently, but what's the point of doing that? You know, what's the point of just being mean right back to somebody nah. or taking their Cause I had an answer for everything she was complaining about. I had a mm-hmm. logical reason as to what happened, mm-hmm. but it was like, she wasn't looking for that and and she just needed a vent and she's probably upset and she is a grandma raising a 15 year old a 14 year old whatever she is you know and it's like that's not easy no you're in your you should be in your retirement years and you're not yeah and so you know what cool vent get over it god you were in the right role eric damn it i am you remind me of Mr. Feeney, <laughs> Boy
1: Meets World. Oh, yeah. Mr. Feeney. Mr. Feeney. Mr. Oh, God, Man. Mr. Feeney.
0: What a good show. Good show.
1: He's always there, like, after school. He is. Next door. Like,
0: peeling oranges.
1: Ready for some life lessons. Just hanging I out know. next door. Hey. What was his name? Corey or something? Corey, yep. Hey, Corey. Corey, what's so, What's going on? So he had another rough day at school. You want to? Come over to the porch, we'll have a
0: talk. Always had an analogy. Yeah. Like he'd be like sewing a sock and then he'd show him the sock and explain how that tied into his life. So, you know how you
1: got into that fight
0: with Topanga today? Yeah.
1: It's kind of like the sock. Look at this steak I'm grilling here. Yeah. (laughs) Look at this. You see my my old lady over there? She was my Topanga. Hey, Corey,
0: you lied to your dad today, didn't you? Well,. Look at this uh, bucket of almonds I got here. It's <laughs> just something. It's <laughs> good. Just, how does it connect? I
1: don't, All those uh, feel-good stories were good, though. Oh, Family Matters, they Step by good. Step. Are there good shows like that? The Families Are Really Good or No? Like Our, They were just good families back were. in the day. They were, right? Yeah. Dad and Mom were happy. Mm-hmm. You know they were still banging. Yeah. Like, you know, right?
0: Yeah urkel and
1: carl came home from the long hard day on shift he's a chicago police lives. officer yeah oh and he yeah. was always in in, in, always uniform. in uniform always in uniform he's yeah. always in the job mm-hmm. and his son got on the job he did oh what a good show it was a good show that was a good one step by step step
0: yeah mixed group of kids i think it was was it mixed i think i think it was it was mixed. maybe Gosh, it was that, man but good, good shows good back in the day oh. good men good men good, good,
1: good men. Men. yes good men, good men. all right we're at
0: yeah 42 Oh, okay. We want to start wrapping this up. And something we want to start introducing is let's let's go out with a bang. Let's go out with some some good thoughts. So, Frank,
1: so I have a quote and I think we're going to start using like a quote
0: or a something quote that or matters. For example, to us or, something yeah, that has something. power and meaning behind mm-hmm.
1: it. I heard something today. It was from a past podcast. And I like it with my uh, YouTube. I listen to stuff like that sometimes. So it's, it's, the guy was saying a healthy person wants a thousand things, but a sick person only wants one. I
0: oh. love it.
1: So this, the guy that said it was this rich, uh, like multimillionaire in the tech industry that went on Rogan, I forget his name, but he has talked about how it's been an eight year transformation where he's just unbelievably happy all the time. And it's just been his perspective has just slowly changed and he's transformed as a person and quotes like that are like man you know because when you are sick right let's say you get a really bad cold you're like man what it would what i would do to just you know feel good yeah you know or have an injury i have a a buddy that hurt his uh sternum recently you would not have known he did not make an excuse for it Mm -hmm. you know it's obviously a lot of pain you know he did he he started running yeah (laughs) right (laughs) he's like you know what i'm gonna do my cardio's been lacking I'm going to work on my cardio. I'm like, what a G.I. Joe. He is, right? dude. So disciplined.
0: <laughs> Me, I'm like, my sternum hurts. I can't work out for a month. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there goes my muscle. Dude, my I had like a ingrown fingernail or something. And my finger was, it happens time to time. Uh, but my finger was like, my pointer finger was getting swollen. And I was super sensitive. It hurt. I was rubbing like antibacterial cream on it. I was uh-huh. trying to like pop it. I don't know. Like it just hurt. Longer than usual and it just annoyed the shit out of me for like two weeks. It was like that uh-huh. and I remember thinking like man if my finger didn't hurt. I'd be so much happier Yeah, that's just my finger. Yeah, just the finger. Yeah, and when you're sick you all you're like if I could just feel normal That would bring so much joy to my life, but it's when we do feel normal. We think like God I can't wait till payday. Can't wait till I do this. Oh, yep. I gotta do that. Oh, blah 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 and just never ends It's hard there's, yeah. there's actually a, uh,
1: God, there's a theory out there in psychology, I forget the name of it, but the example is two people. One person wins a lottery, the other person um, breaks her neck. Okay, at first, obviously, completely different levels of happiness, right? Oh, yeah. You have shock and you have like unbelievable bliss. But at a year, their happiness levels are much, much closer because you adapt. It's called adapt. Adaptive adaptation principle, something like that. So, think about that. You're yeah. talking about win the lottery, you think it cures wildly everything. different circumstances. One year, how much happier are you? And obviously, your quality of life yeah. is better, but think about that, right? You have someone that broke their neck and can find, you know, look at Stephen Hawking, a poor guy. I think he had, didn't he have ALS? Uh, yeah, Hawking? I think so. For mm-hmm. a long time, like he lived way longer than he could have. You know what he did? He focused on his brain he created all these amazing science projects and whatever, documentaries, and did as much as he could with what he had. I mean, God, and then I it's complain, crazy. I get a full body that I can walk and run and, oh, know. Oh, I
0: know. I'm like, I stubbed my toe. Like, when you put life really truly into perspective, and I see it all the time because where I work is right on, like, 7th Street, McDowell, and you see some craziness in the streets yeah. of Phoenix, and... At least once a week, probably more than that. I see somebody who is very severely handicapped in a, like, what is it? Like, not a wheelchair, but, like, an electronic one. And they have, like, either no legs, no use of their legs and arms. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the term, but, like, they can't use an arm. And they're just severely handicapped. And I see that. I'm like, gosh. Like, any kind of stress I have in my life, like, it doesn't matter. I got a fully capable, healthy body. Yeah. That is just such a blessing. That's yeah. the life lottery.
1: It's hard not to remember that, right? Yeah. Because you always
0: want to make it better. Yeah,
1: you wanna yeah. yeah. Like when I get the next car, the when, next I get, job. when I get the next job, the, the next raise raise per hour hourly. And when like, I go oh, back God, to did
0: Hawaii. It, did it make me happy? I know. How quick do you get used to it? Get how a quick. get a big raise or get a bonus and it's super great when you get it, and then how many checks go by before you're like, Oh, this is normal. Yeah. This is what I get. Could be quick. Can't wait to my next one. It's crazy, man. It is crazy. We're all Yeah, money it. has, uh, gosh, money is just the funniest thing in the world. It is truly, it has, it's almost like we're all brainwashed because we are from a young age. We depend on it. We need it. And, and you do. But at the same time, if you really think about money, it's like it's this fake fiat currency that we just all agree it is the thing that we're going to use as a medium to survive and live by.
1: And it could it could fall apart really fast, and it could just go in overnight.
0: Like that. Yep, that's mm-hmm. yeah, scary. And we're willing to sacrifice the things that I said that I think make us the most.